Welcome to Who Owns the Stars, a podcast dedicated to discussing and analyzing every single episode of The Expanse. Um, if you've noticed, we've been doing a couple of bonus episodes to recap season five as we go. However, these are going to be smaller episodes. So while you got longer ones last week, we're cutting them down to like 15, 20 minutes now. I should introduce myself. I'm Kat and with me is Nina. Hello, hello. Hello. And we're finally talking about episode four of season five. Yes. And I have the timer. So (laughs) we can't go over. Uh, It's for 20 minutes. So for the for for the purpose of uh, a, a, a seamless transition, I will give you two minutes to talk about Marco and I won't interrupt. And then after that, we can make up for the fact that we forgot to talk about Bobby in the last episode. So your two minutes have started. Well, it's more like one minute and 30 seconds now. You may proceed. All right. Um, that's fine. I just want to say to my West Africans, I'm so sorry that it went down like that. Um, I know he ain't mean it the way it happened, but it is what it is at this point. It's really about Earth's government, not y'all. But what tends to happen is that the regular people get caught up in decisions that are made by their governments and they get to deal with the blowback. So that sucks. I'm sorry. Additionally, um, the family reunion was a lot of fun. I think Keon Alexander is genuinely a great actor. Um, Marco sitting here looking at Philip and going, well, he's still a little boy who needs his mother. That was great villain character work to me. (laughs) That was so mean for no real reason. Um, Him telling Naomi, welcome home after she's been kidnapped once again. An exemplary villain. Love him. Stand down. Um, what else? His excitement to show everybody what he did. Very fun. Very entertaining. You have 20 seconds left. Damn, damn, damn. Go. Move on to the next topic. We're done? Because <laughs> that's the last time you get to talk about him and I won't say anything. I, don't worry i'll figure i'll figure a way to okay, fit him in okay. don't worry so so let's talk about uh what we totally screwed up last time let's talk about bobby the we... roberta draper sergeant gunnery roberta draper requesting political asylum on earth needs a little therapy is what i'm getting from this episode and the past three episodes she was very intense she was very, um, like, depressed, I think. Um, I feel like we didn't see her get to be as depressed when her disillusionment with Mars first started back in season two. Mm-hmm. So I feel like things, as they stack up, are really taking their toll on her. Right. I like that, you know, even though we saw her sort of go through an arc in season four and her having to deal with mars as alex actually puts it really great a a dying planet which is just Mm -hmm. overall like seeing the martians like commiserate and like think about how their home is like falling apart is there's a lot to say there which i won't say because there's so much (laughs) um but But the concept of a dying empire when it never actually really reached its peak is fun yeah it's it's i'm so excited to like 
and it's 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 really character work like this show tends to be more about like the system at large and um the universe and how nations um like conflict with each other but i like that this season seems to really be going deep into the characters and just like how do they feel about all this um and so season four was really interesting because like you had bobby go through basically the stages of grief trying to deal with like mars as it's become and then the very last thing you hear from her is um now i finally have something to do and so you kind of expected this season for her to just move on to the next stage but something mm-hmm. i've been noticing with the characters in general is like none of them have fully grown past their issues that may have been touched on in season four but were never fully resolved so there's one line i, I just want to shout out that she says i was tired of being sad and i had to do something which is like very very simple but i think like a really succinct explanation of of what Bobby is kind of dealing with because it's clear that just because she threw all of her energy into like uncovering military corruption, she's definitely not like dealt with her feelings at all about like what she's uh, thinking of, uh, about how she feels about Mars. Because I mean, she's and this is true for most Martians, she's really dedicated so much of her life to being the ideal Martian and building this hope that they've pinned everything on for since they established mars and now it's gone it's crumbling that's really sad yep and that is the i think most amount of time we could dedicate to one topic in this episode so let's (laughs) sprint to the next one um i had a couple just like points i wanted to touch on i don't know how detailed your notes are so i should i lead this as I please do I'm behind you okay so the first thing I wrote is attack on MCR parliament I was very confused about that because they had a point where they were like there was a there was uh an attack on on Senegal West Africa on earth and then they said this was simultaneous with the attack on the MCR parliament I was very very confused because I was like isn't that on Mars but I guess like Mars got bombed and we just like didn't see that so yeah I think Marco's point my man was to (laughs) (laughs) was to debilitate both of them at the same time so that the belt would not be under threat while he finishes off the rest of his plan yeah because Mars would have instantly mobilized I guess it was really just like off screen. This show is very like they this show like trains you to watch for details, but that like I totally every time I just understand why like people just cannot keep track of it because this whole episode is like you need to be watching the screens and you have to be like listening to like the radio reports to like get a full sense of what the hell is going on. And I only can do that because the show has been doing that thus far, but it's it's like real brain work. Just like retain all that and um, then like fit it into the overall scheme yeah. of things and to make it feel like you know it's still contributing to the story and not just like some easter egg um so moving from that next topic uh amos in the in the penit the penitentiary um two things the pit the pit two things um he's wearing a great outfit for once like somebody's a little stylish for having worn suits so much um love or spacesuits so much love that um the second thing that i noticed and maybe this is like me being like those people who like talk about spaceship specs but i noticed that his like everybody's footsteps are much heavier and i i i think that's what's happening and if that is then obviously because of gravity 
yeah because of gravity because they're on earth and and because they're not like just on ground they're like on like a big you know in a prison um Mm -hmm. so it just really stuck out to me because they felt very very loud so that was really interesting um, um, I really liked Clarissa when he talked to Clarissa, her interest in the ring worlds. Yes. I liked that. It just gives you this continuing theme of people who live one way still being interested in, you know, the expanse of space. <laughs> yeah. I have a, the thing I'm interested about Clarissa is I have a feeling that she's not just some kind of blank slate character at this point. Like, I don't think she herself is like ready to be redeemed. And so I'm really interested to see like, how her personality kind of conflicts with maybe like how Amos is kind of projecting on her because Amos is very much like if I can help this woman because I couldn't help Way mm-hmm. and I tried you know I learned from Prax I learned from Anna whatever if Amos can help her then that means that like he himself is worth saving I, like I think in his mind and so I'm really mm-hmm. curious how that will or at the him. very least just doing what for someone else with other people were able to do for him exactly exactly i think really prompted by like revisiting his memories of lydia so i'm i'm i hope we'll see that conflict with like who clarissa really is um and it'll take it it takes work to get from like doing those terrible things and having this anger to being able to like want redemption for yourself and also think you deserve redemption for yourself so i hope that is where we're going mm-hmm. but also we um, tech- I think I feel like we are going in that direction just from that scene, watching her repeat his words, you know, take what they give you, give them nothing back. Great delivery. The very right? intense eye work that she was giving us. Great stuff. Like, he was unsettled. Yeah. <laughs> he started like he was like, oh, I see what I've done. This is not good. <laughs> So excited to see where that goes. Yes. And obviously, I assume they're both alive. Oh, but quick note that I did want to make. Yes. We talked about. Oh, we have 10 minutes left. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. We talked about how back in season one, when Amos and Naomi are about to die in the Donager, Amos mm-hmm. looks at her like he's not sure exactly how to comfort her or what to do. And you see that expression come back with Clarissa, where he's she's clearly in distress, but he's not sure how he's supposed to handle it. Yes. And so he's looking for the most human option possible. Yes, absolutely. I think he did that with Charles, too, when he was back in Baltimore. Okay, moving on. Um, This episode, I felt like I was watching, like, The Long Night, if I assume most people who watch the show have also watched Game of Thrones. I felt like I was watching The Long Night, but I didn't know I was watching The Long Night, which is different when you watch Game of Thrones episode three the long night you know you're going in to a very very stressful like one hour of television and I didn't know going into this episode it was going to be as like chaotic as it was but it was a very like slow chaos a lot of people have been talking about like I guess in the books it's a totally like out of nowhere attack that happens on earth versus in the show it's like you know for a very long time that it's coming so watching this episode felt like I was watching like a gunshot in slow motion and things just kept oh that's a really good description yeah things just kept getting crazier so like in the beginning I I said this to you in the first like act I was like oh Bobby's rat like rip mouse you know we'll have a tribute to you and then act two Nancy's gone I was I was I just want to say I told Nina I told Nina Nancy now she's a goner and Nina said I don't think so I don't I still I'm like no that's not possible she must have like you know crashed and it it was that one that was a shock like I was really like and it was scary because it really came out of nowhere 
Um, so rip to a real Nancy. So Nancy Lee refusing to leave Earth. I think we could connect that back to Avasarala refusing to leave Earth back when Eros was about to hit. Yes. Yeah. So they're similar in some ways. I I have a million more things to say, but I'm going to save that for our real analysis of this episode. So rest in peace to a real one. That's all I got to say so far. <laughs> um, a couple more things. Oh, oh, okay. Well, these are not important details, but this is one. Um, when I was rewatching the episode, when I knew the twist, which was Sakai, also huge shock to me. We were both- Oh, that actress is great. She was fun. Who is, uh, I, I, I don't remember her name, but like, shout out to her. I, I love like her weird sing-songy, like a little bit unhinged kind of portrayal. It's super fun. Um, she- uh, I mean, everyone connected to Marco comes across as just slightly unhinged. <laughs> I want to, well, I do want to formally apologize because I remember in our last episode, I said there is no way that the mole is not the security guard who's been in the room with Holden Bull and Fred this entire time. And I was completely wrong, like embarrassingly wrong. Um, sorry that we slandered your name, random extra. Right. He was um, just sorry to Bull wrong. as well. Bull yeah. was a red herring for book readers and I right. fell for it. You know what? Bull still has some character work to do. So I'm okay being a little suspicious of him. But um, Sakai was a great reveal. And I like I watching this episode was really, really interesting because if you've watched Agents of Shields on the greatest episode of the entire show, probably season four, episode 15, um, it's going to go into very deep into a plot that we don't have enough time for. Basically, <laughs> there's this scene where uh, the two there's two characters and they don't know who's the real uh who's real basically between the two characters and there's a shot where one of the characters is like looking at something and then the other character like slowly goes out of frame and that's intentional because then when the camera pulls back to that character she's got a gun and now like the stakes have been raised and when I was watching this back I was looking at Sakai and there's this one scene if you see because they keep the camera keeps going to her but like you don't you don't really mm-hmm. notice because it's just like watching her you know react to like this ship is slowing down and it shouldn't exactly. be she's just like looking but then there's this one shot where she slowly backs away and it's so inconspicuous i like didn't see anything of it but the minute i saw it on the second watch i was like oh i see what's happening here so that's immediately what my mind thought of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a great show and everybody should be watching it regardless. Yes, yeah, seasons, starting from seasons four and on, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. is excellent. All right, all right, all right, all right. I don't want to hear that slander. Next, we've got five minutes and a whole page left of my notes, at least. I don't know about you. <laughs> we're, uh, like, we're more than halfway through mine. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so the biggest, I think, shock of the episode is Fred. That like that hurts. I don't know how else to say it. Like that hurts me. I know it doesn't hurt you that much. I mean, wait, wait, wait. I mean, I was listen. I'm always sad to see a black man die. You know. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. right. I would say rest in peace to a real one if I saw one. That's mm-hmm. all I gotta say. My God. Okay. Well, he was a fun character, but I have issues. I will properly grieve him then. Uh, rest in was- peace, though. That was hard to, especially after Nancy, I was already like, what's happening? So that one, I was like, there's no way. Like, there's no way they're going to kill off both of them in the same episode. And I was still like. He got one bullet. I was like, wait, he can survive that. Maybe two more. Oh, 
that was sad. That was sad. I I will say I I wish like if this is his real death because I don't know there I maybe I don't know we saw the body so to me that means he's gone. This is an Agents of Shield. <laughs> but in any show, if you don't see the body, like they're not dead. But we saw the body. If this is his death, I wish we had a little bit more in the first three and even in this episode of just like him as a person i feel like he was mostly in scenes to just like do a little bit of exposition provide a little bit of tension with holden that kind of thing but i as far as i remember because one through three was like a blur for me i didn't feel like he was like had any really emotional scenes like a really Mm -hmm. good example i think is back in season three there's two instances where i literally thought drummer was going to die and that was it and it would have felt fitting because of the way the se- those scenes played out. This is towards the end of season three. Um, and but his was-, was so sudden, so he didn't get to really have a great character moment prior to. Exactly. And it's like, I get, like, a lot of people are like, oh, death is supposed to be like that, very shocking. And yeah, I get it, but it's also, like, a television show and everything you do is intentional. So I... It I, makes it less satisfying. Yeah, it's not a satisfying death, especially since he's, like, a beloved... Or at least he's a he's a he's a lot of people like him, and he's for the most part like it's like I'm not part of this conversation. He's, I was I, looking around like who is she talking? I to? wish I wish we had a little bit more, even if it was like one scene in this episode where you know I just I I wish a little more. The other thing I wish because we are definitely out of time, but I'm gonna just keep going. Oh, we have three minutes left. I wish the entire sequence of. Uh, I rewatched it and I figured out which parts I, I want to change. The sequence between Luna, uh, Nancy Gao's ship, and Tycho, I just wish had been edited together as opposed to being at the penitentiary, having it uh, fall in on itself, going to Luna, having Avasarala contact Nancy Gao, having that whole debacle play out, and then the Tycho stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like... I mean, maybe it kind of contributed to the slow gunshot feeling that I was saying earlier. Right. It definitely did. And I like I understand the artistic decision they were making, but I think what we both feel is that it kind of broke the momentum sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, Nancy Gab just died. And now we're back to Tycho waiting for the ship. And we don't know if it's a we don't we're not even at the point where like we find out it's a trap. So I kind of wish those two sections were just put together a little more especially because there's a couple scenes where you see monica like reacting to the to to more strikes on earth so it would have been interesting to put that with the strikes happening in real time um but it's like it's their show i this is just a personal preference but i really wish that had happened um like uh, it feels like they're most definitely trying to extend the tension rather than you get the release of everything happening at once that's a good point that's a good point um i the other (laughs) okay i'm just gonna like go bullet point do you have any other bullet points you want to like run through um killer robots that was fun that was a lot that took me out of it actually i was like this is not that kind of show (laughs) i don't know what we're doing here but it was fun it was definitely fun um sakai's too bad so sad that delivery like best line i think of the entire episode it i could not stop laughing um but also it's like it's an interesting delivery because after that she's kind of like awash with emotion with just like what they've mm-hmm. just achieved so really fascinating um when i was re-watching this episode the audio wasn't as great because of like what i was watching it on 
And I realized the music really makes the show. Like, I think the soundtrack this whole episode is a bunch of new stuff. Shout out to Clinton Shorter. Shout out to our man, Clinton Shorter, who has never done anything wrong musically. I don't know the man in real life. Um, I it's it, it really is like a, it's a character of its own. Um, the other bullet points I have, uh, Holden's, he deserved to finish what he was building. That made me sad. Uh, does Avasarala become commander of Earth now? I don't know. I assume. I think she's probably one of the highest ranking people still alive. That's, yeah, probably the highest ranking. Um, mm-hmm. and along that point, <laughs> Drummer has so much trash to clean up. I know Drummer <laughs> said, hit the gas. <laughs> I'm really excited. Like, I know when we last saw her, she's like, this is not my fight and I'm moving on. Oh my God, the timer just went off. My heart just stopped. We're going to, uh, we're going to just go until we finish this. Um, drummer, I lost my train of thought. Drummer said, this isn't my fight, but now she's probably going to be drawn back in because of everything happening and Ashford tried to stop it. So she's going to have to finish what he was trying to do. On top of that, Fred is now dead, so I'm sure she feels like she needs to avenge him as well, because the last time she saw Fred, she, like, she decked him um, and quit. And he was someone who, like, she really felt betrayed by and had a really close relationship with. So now she's got to deal with two men in her life gone. There's also this, I think, greater narrative of, like, the old guard is dying. All of these older, more, like, experienced OPA leaders are are being killed or are not around like where is anderson dawes is someone like making sure anderson dawes is safe you know all of these people are suddenly losing their power so like what comes next because i think that's also a type of power vacuum just in the same way that all the earth's leaders are gone avasarala mm-hmm. will probably have to step up i wonder if drummer now feels the need to step up and lead where she really didn't want to because she literally left and we have that scene in the trailer where her and Marco are going to face off on the whatever his ship is called. Um, the Pella. The Pella. So I just You know I, I know what my man's right. I know. So I'm 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 excited. She wasn't even in this episode, and I'm always thinking about what she's doing. So that was really interesting. Let's go to the probably the most stressful part of the entire episode, but the most game-changing. Back to Marco. On the Pella. There's a couple points I want to run through. <laughs> um, Philippe, who is still a war criminal, so I am not I'm not respecting him yet, and he doesn't go by Philip yet. To me, his little eye roll when Naomi freaks out because he won't tell her where they're going. I'm like, that's it was your such mom. a kid moment. That's your mom. Um Naomi, um, I know- Dom played this episode so well. Like Oh my god. She's the MVP. She's going to be the MVP. This is of this probably moment. her like series best work. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, because it's not just her like crying really convincingly when she needs to. It's like the little actions she takes that like just kind of throw you off. That like, and it's like the intensity in her facial expressions. Yeah. The way like the way that she communicates. It's not like what we've seen from her before. She's going to deliver. I'm very very excited. Um, one thing I noticed about Naomi in general in this whole sequence where she's talking to Philip, she's talking to Marco, which that whole family dynamic, I'm not even going to touch because I have an hour's so worth. Intense. There's so much. I have an hour's worth of thoughts on that. So we'll leave that for like the real analysis. But what I noticed is when she was talking to them, 
she's normally very good at challenging people's morals and and pushing them to think in a better way and i feel like everything she was saying was almost like repetitive and and like like fruitless and i think i just got the sense that she was just tired like i think she was just tired of fighting and i think the betrayal by philip really took the fight out of her so that was interesting because if you're not thinking about naomi like that it could just feel like she's not you know being a very good character um but i really feel like on the inside she just like doesn't have that fight left in her I'm actually really interested because I know we're getting flashbacks to see if we'll see the dynamics that played out with her and Marco back in the day being replicated in that scene. Yes. Yeah. There was actually there was one line that Marco said that really like I had to write down because I was very uh, interested in. He said, you're still putting yourself first like you always do. And I'm thinking, like, what does that mean? Because that's not that's not how we tend to see Naomi. So. Like, my guess is that her freaking out over them blowing up the Augustine Gamala, he thought of it as her prioritizing her own morality or need to keep her hands clean or some something along those lines over like the fight for their people. I feel like we still don't have the full story. Like as much as we've been given so much story, I, some things like I feel like there's still something not revealed to us. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm curious to see where that goes. Last point, um, which is just a which is just a brush with the thoughts we'll have on this. Marco's entire speech. Okay, three things I want to point out. One, because so much of what he said was correct, it reminded me a lot of that speech back in season three by the what's his name president that Anna was helping out, and he was like, um, "Yes, yeah, I don't I know." He's gone. Sorrento Gillis. Yes, him. Uh, it reminds me of his speech because on the surface, it was about, like, it seemed very uniting and it was like, and then it kind of twisted because he was like, Mars doesn't want to be with us, but, you know, we are one race, the human race, whatever. And everything he said felt very inspiring, but because we were taking it from Anna's point of view, we're like, wait, something's like not right here. That's what this speech reminded me of because a lot of things were right, but a lot of things were wrong. Um, the second point is... There's so many references to humanness in this speech. I like don't literally don't have the time to get into, but it was very very interesting to me. The, I like it really feels it. like he's trying to like reassert um, Belters as humans when so much of the show has been about dehumanizing them. And it kind of feels like he's trying to dehumanize the Earthers and the Martians. It was, because like you've behaved this way in the way that you treated us. Right. Right. And. Yeah, like you've lost your humanity. Right. And I it, it reminded me of season four. Mercury's you think because you are civilized, civilization comes with you. The way uh, Marco was talking about going into the ring worlds and taking the oppression with us. And I was like, that's funny because it sounds like I it sounds like we're going to take a little bit of that with us, but we'll get into that. Um, and the third thing. It was just, at one point, it was just me and you yelling back at each other, who owns the stars, who owns the stars, who owns the stars, who owns the stars. <laughs> Literally the reason we titled our podcast. And Marco said, us. He said, I got you. <laughs> um, the, the Half the speech was 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 literally, uh, I, I, I don't have a better way to say it, of literally like, who owns the stars now. Marco is owns that, which is... A uh, good segue to talk about the title of this episode, which is uh, Gogamella, Gogamella, which is a reference to a big battle between Alexander the Great and some other dude. And it, apparently 
the outcome of that was he basically it was like decisive like he was like the king of like everything after that point and so that's the reference going on here so it was and additionally the um pella which is the name of his ship was also a macedonian city well so, well well there alexander are... the great i do recall he's the... kind of a narcissist i love him <laughs> i do recall the creator saying that like marco is very much modeled off of alexander the great so when we go back to these episodes and do a full analysis i definitely want to read up more about him to understand like what kind of connections they're making um those are my points. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't know. I've just been kind of inserting what I have where I can, and I think that we did a good job. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts for what we think will happen in the next episode? I don't know. I really don't. I feel like we're going to see that Marco's plan isn't as foolproof as he asserts it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what his intention is for like leading after all of this. And I'm guessing that that's going to be his downfall. Yeah. Is does, well, I guess my question then is, do you think, well, you've read the book. So this question is to me, do I think (laughs) that Marco is a one season villain? And the answer is, I don't know. Well, I mean, here's the thing there. He, appeared in book five and then book six is mostly about like the aftermath Mm -hmm. of the rocks hitting so he's a two book character i'm assuming i think Mm -hmm. um i'm but they're pulling stuff from book six right now yeah so i don't really know we'll see man any other thoughts that i have i'm gonna just bottle it down until we come revisit this episode um what an episode it was (laughs) then i on that note um we hope you enjoyed another chaotic episode (laughs) yeah don't forget to don't forget to check out at the same time we've released season one episodes three and four remember the cant and cqb of our full analyses of those episodes Mm -hmm. so if you do want to sit and hear us talk for like three hours about the most minute details and character arcs you can go there. Which is basically the point of podcasts about television shows. Absolutely. But other than that, we're done. And as you, list, as you finish this one, you could go right ahead and listen to our analysis of episode five, which will drop at the same time. I mean, most likely. In the meantime, you can also talk to us or disagree with us by emailing whoownsthestarspod at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter at Who Owns the Stars. Yes, you can. And we will see you next week. <laughs>